Hi everyone, I'm Glenn Gao, CEO of Crimson Marketing. Welcome to Moneyball for Marketing, where we talk about the incredible changes happening in marketing organizations around big data and marketing technology. We feature marketing technology insights from the top marketers in the world. The reference to Moneyball is from the story of how the Oakland A's baseball team were able to win and win and win because they figured out how to use data and technology to their advantage. If you'd like to learn about how to use big data and marketing technology and marketing to help you win, visit us at crimsonmarketing.com or email us at info at crimsonmarketing.com. And now on to our podcast. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Jennifer Johnson. Jennifer is Chief Marketing Officer at Tanium. She is responsible for global marketing strategy and execution and leads the communications, demand gen, and product marketing functions. So how does Tanium describe themselves? Tanium was founded to deliver a new and innovative approach to endpoint management and security that delivers instant visibility and responsiveness that does not slow down as the enterprise environment scales. So Jennifer, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Glenn, it's great to be here. I know you've done a lot of work with a lot of different companies, Jennifer, and we were talking about how do you start thinking about data in a company like Tanium? And you said, well, it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish as a company. Tell us your perspective on how we should be thinking about data given where Tanium is. Yeah, so the great question, very timely. Uh, I mean, I think every CMO out there right now uh, is, is, and I would say struggling, and struggling is okay, but is, is struggling to figure out how to make their organization more data-driven. Right. So like Gartner, you know, Gartner put out this, this stat a couple of years ago that said the CMO is going to have more budget than the CIO by probably by now. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Well, Maybe. I've, see, I've seen it in a couple of companies. Okay, in some, in some probably, and I think it also depends. I think if you're looking um, in the in the B 2 C world, um, I think it's I think uh, consumer focused CMOS live, breathe, sleep, eat data, right? right, right, um, right. I think in the B 2 B world, uh, we're now just starting to really understand and and, and actually rearchitect how we go to market and how we build our teams around around data. And so, I guess my my first my first Thing I would put out there to any B2B marketer listening to this is if you feel like you are behind the curve, you're not. It's okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that are talking a lot about it. And so I think it's good that we're talking about it. But, you know, I, I spoke to a few of my CMO friends over the last few days and uh, I wanted to get a sense for how they were looking at data. And uh, I think the the common theme was that you know, everybody's thinking about it. People are starting to adopt tools. I think the marketing operations role is starting to emerge as something that's mainstream now in marketing teams. Right, but right. I think people are still, you know, there's so much technology out there that it's it's still really daunting and confusing. So if, if you feel like you're behind the curve, you're really not. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Words of wisdom. Okay, yes. good, good. So I think, it, you know, at, from Tanium's perspective, I mean, just to give you a little bit of background on my journey here, um, I, I've been a, a CMO, marketing CMO in enterprise software 
um, for very large companies, very small startups. And then prior to Tanium, I went to work at the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz. So that was a really unique perspective. I was there for about a year and I got to see things from the other side of the table. Yep. Um, and working with really early stage startups and actually working with some of the the, the, the startups that, you know, the marketing technology startups that you're probably, um, some of you that are listening might be using or looking at, uh, mm -hmm. like Mixpanel or Optimizely, those names probably will ring a bell to you. Um, and then I came over to Tanium. So Tanium was one of Andreessen Horowitz's portfolio companies. And uh, as, as most, you know, if, if anyone has been in a B2B startup, it's very common that there are, there are technical founders. So if you get in early, um, you're probably, you know, the first marketer in and you're probably working with a lot of engineers right. or people who don't either understand um, or they probably don't appreciate because they don't understand what marketing actually does. Mm -hmm. So that was my journey here. Right. And, um, you know, I was the first marketer in the company. Uh, the company was already growing. So I think the unique thing about my situation is the good thing is I was able to come in and and we're still building, right? I mean, we're still on our, our growth journey. I've only been here for a year. But the great thing about what I was able to do was come into a completely blank sheet of paper. Ah. So there was nothing here. There was no marketing team. There were no leads. There was no technology. There was no demand gen. There were no events. There, were, there was no PR. There was nothing, right? So that's a good thing because you can do it exactly the way you want it. And that's, what I, that's really what I want to hear about. So if we think about this marketing infrastructure that you have built. Tell us what you have built and why you made the choices you did. Yeah, and I think, you know, it may sound very basic, but we really had to start with the basics, right? I mean, we had no, we, there was, Salesforce was was in here as our CRM system. So, and this was a common theme I heard throughout the week is that really looking to build a closed loop marketing technology ecosystem from really tracking initial engagement all the way through the customer lifecycle, through close and, and then beyond, right? As you go and you upsell and you cross-sell right. existing accounts, but everything integrates with Salesforce. Salesforce is kind of the, the hub, right, of all of that. So we did have Salesforce already in. So obviously the first thing I said was, well, okay, we need to go out and, and get some leads and actually start doing some, some you know, inbound and outbound marketing. So uh, we went and we got a marketing automation system. So we, we deployed Marketo here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, that there's probably a lot of you out there that are using Marketo. Um, I've also, you know, heard really good things about HubSpot. So if any of you are looking for, um, marketing automation platforms, uh, I, I've heard a lot of great things about HubSpot as well. They're really particularly great for inbound marketing purposes. Right. Interestingly enough, um, I've heard, um, I've actually heard some people moving off Marketo lately and going to Pardot, which I think a lot of people went off of Pardot and moved to Marketo. And I've talked to a couple people in my in my circle, and they said they actually moved back to Pardot. These are earlier stage companies, just yeah. from ease of use, and I think the integration now that they're part of Salesforce is much um, much more slick, maybe than it was a few years ago. Interesting. Uh, yep. Yeah, so just just a little FYI, but we chose Marketo here, um, partially because I've used it in the past, also partially because I think it's a I think it's a really you know a great tool for marketing automation, and the person that I was bringing into my organization to run demand gen I had worked with in a previous company and they knew Marketo. So I think a lot of that is the, the learning curve, right? We didn't right. have time to go and adopt a new platform and, 
and figure out how it's going to work and the learning curve of the people, right? That's a big thing is yeah. making sure that the, that the skills you have on your team align to the technologies that you're adopting, right? And you kind of have to pick one or the, go optimize for one or the other, right? Um, so put in, put in Marketo. Um, obviously, we're using like Google Analytics for tracking web traffic um, and looking at that kind of the, the, the very, very top of the engagement funnel. And then since then, I, after that point, so it's kind of like the basics that we had when we started. Then I hired a marketing operations manager. That was probably my third or fourth hire in. And oh, I, interesting. That's pretty early. Yeah, for, it is. For you know, role. so here, here's my 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 theory on this is that you know it's not even a theory. I think that if if a CMO, especially in the B two B world, doesn't think that they're aligned to revenue, then they're sorely mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think every CMO at this point needs to think of themselves as as a revenue driver. Um, in fact, one of my colleagues at another, um, at another startup that I, I know, she actually changed her title to VP of revenue marketing. She, ru- she runs corporate marketing and demand generation. Uh, and I like it. Yeah. And I think it's about, you know, it's aligning yourself to sales, but at the end of the day, if you're not driving revenue, then, then why are we doing what we're doing? Right. And so, I mean, obviously there's awareness and all of that, but from a pure demand generation standpoint, it's kind of obvious, right? If you're That's not- right driving revenue. It's kind of pointless. So, um, so I needed somebody and, and because I, I work in a very, um, engineering driven culture, product driven culture that is very metrics and measurement based. I knew that that was going to be a really important part of not only establishing marketing, but showing our success, right? It's kind of like a a step ladder, right? You show a little bit of success, you get a little bit more, you show more success, you get a little bit more. And that's actually what's been very successfully happening here. So I knew I needed to get a marketing ops person in here right away. And I look at that role as my revenue chief of staff. Interesting. Revenue chief of staff. That's a new one. I was talking to him yesterday and I actually gave him that term unofficially. I said, you're my revenue chief of staff now. (laughs) (laughs) And they love that, you know, I mean, it makes them, it makes them feel important because they are right. I mean, they, you know, this person is not only, you know, not only really looks at the online engagement their team manages Marketo and all the campaigns, builds the nurture tracks. Um, but even more importantly than that, they're really my, you know, they're my reporting and analytics engine, right? right? And so right. I have one person, I know, you know, companies that are bigger probably have teams of 10 plus just doing analytics, but, you know, we're earlier stage, right? We've been, we've been at this for a year, so it's pretty appropriate for where we're at. For where we're at. But right. I brought him in and then, you know, he's, he's been really, um, he's been tasked with looking at the technology ecosystem and what other technologies we need. So we just recently, um, we recently purchased Domo. So I think like the first, the first six months to a year here was just, you know, getting the basics going, right? Now that's a pretty sophisticated tool for a startup, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, it is, but I think we've, we've moved, we move at light speed. So a year (laughs) for us here is like three to four years (laughs) at other companies I've worked at. So, um, we're, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're pretty advanced. I mean, the first year was kind of just getting the basics down, right? Like building our database, getting our campaigns moving, getting, you know, kind of the basic, basic marketing metrics. Um, you know, I don't, one of the big ahas I had was looking at, at least in our business, we have a, a very, uh, what I call a rifle shot approach to marketing. We're looking at, and we're very top down. So we're working with global 2000, fortune 1000, you know, CXO level there. It's a very finite group of people. Mm -hmm. And so to me, 
you know, it wasn't, it's not really about, I think leads are sometimes a, a bad proxy. So that would be like another pearl of wisdom I would give to anyone is if you're just looking at things as from a lead generation perspective and how many leads are we getting and what's our cost of lead. I mean, if you're in a volume business, that might be a little bit more applicable, but if you're really a true B2B enterprise top-down sale, I actually don't know that leads are a good proxy. It's, it, I, I oh, really no, Jennifer, I, 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 I agree with you so much. Even if you are a consumer-oriented company, uh, trying to measure cost per lead is, is a fool's errand. You have to measure it as far down into the funnel you can. Yeah, um, absolutely. Otherwise, you, you don't really know the value of the leads you've collected. You just know how much you're spending to get them. That's so, right. So let me ask you, that, that sounds like you might be uh, focusing on account-based marketing. Is that something you're adopting? Absolutely. So um, we're looking at a couple of account-based marketing tools, including um, Engageo. I know that John Miller, who founded Marketo, is and, over And was a guest on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're, act we're actively looking at that now. But yeah, for us, I mean, the other thing where I think like a, a tool like Domo or account-based marketing platforms really come into play is you know, we're not just looking to get one person in the door and then that one person is the decision maker, right? We're looking at, you know, when you look at like a large bank and especially because we span across multiple teams, you, we're going to engage with the CIO, we're going to engage with the chief information security officer and probably a couple people down from their team. We're going to engage with the IT operations team and we might even engage at, at really the CEO level, right? So we're looking at how do we actually understand the entire journey. Who's engaging with us at what point in the cycle and what are they doing, right? And and then when they become a customer, then there's, you know, we have a platform that's very broad. So we can support multiple use cases. So we'll go in and, and we'll sell into one team and then it's very common that we'll then go in and upsell and cross-sell into different organizations. So trying to understand and piece that all together, Salesforce is amazing and Marketo are amazing for certain things. But when you're trying to get that level of sophistication, either at the top of the funnel or just, you know, understanding the seeing like a visualization of the entire picture in a way that is makes sense and doesn't take days to piece together, you, you really do need something like a Domo in place. Right. Um, and so for anyone, you know, anyone who hasn't checked out Domo, I like encourage you to do so. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. The other thing that we're doing with them is we're mapping out where our white space is. So we've actually been able to create. Well, tell, us, tell us a little bit about how you do that. Yeah. So, so we, um, we look at things based on the number of endpoints. So an endpoint could be like a laptop server, et cetera. Right. Right. And so we're looking at, you know, who, where are, like who are the companies that we haven't engaged with yet based on the number of endpoints that they have, right? And we use revenue and number of employees as a proxy to get number of endpoints. So, you right, know, right. As, as you're doing this, it's never going to be a perfect science, right? You, you have to make some inferences. And then so we come up with them. We came up with a list of all the companies that we hadn't engaged with yet um, and looked at it based on number of endpoints descending. And then we actually geographically map them out based on where their headquarters were and where their key facilities were. And we actually put it into a geographic heat map in Domo that, so think of it from a planning perspective, right? Our, our field marketing teams can now sit with the sales team and say, okay, you want us to do events in, I'm just making up cities, right? Dallas, you know, Miami and Chicago. Well, actually you have you have much more white space concentrated in Boston and Seattle. Okay. okay. And so it's completely changed the conversation that we've had with sales. I think, you know, people, anyone who's been running a field marketing team 
understands that sales teams will come in and they have their kinds of events they like to do. If they were a sports player in college, they want to go to all these basketball games and, and rent suites out and they want to, you know, and, and this is nothing against sales because I love sales and we have a great relationship with them, but it's very much the sales team telling the marketer, this is what I want to do. And this is where I want to do it. And the marketers never had the data to say, actually, I think your strategy might be flawed and here's why now, now we do. And right. it, it's completely changed not only the conversation, but the credibility of marketing, and there's a seat at the table now um, from not only a planning perspective, but then on the kind of the back end, now that you have that heat map, you can then check off when you start engaging with those white space accounts. So I actually can say, well, in the beginning of Q1, this was our white space picture. Now going into Q2, here are all the places where we've actually got some level of engagement. So it's pretty powerful. Now, there's something else you mentioned I want to highlight, um, a couple of things, actually. One is that uh, IDC has said recently that in large enterprises, the typical number of people involved in the sale or in the, in the purchase is 17. Wow. And, and if you think about that as a marketer, um, you can't think of a, a lead in the traditional way anymore coming in from a large account because you have to look at uh, – this is probably John Miller's philosophy. You have to look at the engagement that's happening at that account so that you can maximize engagement because you're not really sure who all the people are who are actually influencing that decision. That's right. That's right. And I think – and again, it's, that's, that's the holy grail, right? And it's not, it's not easy. So I think – you know, the other the other pearl of wisdom I'll give to all of my, my fellow comrades out there is, you know, and, and believe me, I'm right there. We are we are stretched so thin. Usually we have a million things on our plate, you know, when you're trying to, like, put your PR hat on and then your demand gen hat on and then your product marketing hat on and you're kind of bouncing continuously back through. <laughs> and maybe some of our CMOs even run product management when you're trying to bounce back and forth between all those different different, um, functions, it's, 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 it's really easy to just say, okay, let's just take the path of least resistance. Right. But I think we as marketers owe it to our function and the credibility of our function and having a seat at the table that we are part of that discussion at the highest level in the company and, and, and really strategy. And it's all based on having that data. And if you can be the one that brings that level of data to the table, your credibility skyrockets. And I know we all know that, in theory, but it's just doing it in action. Like, so what I do is I, you know, every, every week I, I have a, I have a goal for myself and to say, okay, I'm going to do something a little bit different, or I'm going to drill into the data just in a, a little bit more or in a new way that I didn't think of. Yeah. And it just opens up like once you see data, right. You think that you think of new things, it, it opens up your mind, all these different ways you could be looking at, at the world and your business. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned that because, um, Heather Zinksack, who's the CMO of Domo, was a guest on this show, and she told me a story about how she was proposing a particular uh, marketing activity. I forget the, the specifics of it. Um, and she had an argument from her CEO about that marketing activity. He said, I don't like that approach. And she said, well, let me show you the data. And once they sat down and looked at the data, there really wasn't an argument about whether or not they should, they should engage in that activity because she had proof that it worked. That is so spot on. So I actually just went through. So our process here is that we have a very, you know, and, and we have an amazing working relationship across our, our executive team, which I, I, I love about, about this company. And, um, we're very transparent and, but it is, it's all about having data because I, I actually had the same exact thing happen to me a couple of weeks ago where we were looking at the field marketing plans. And we had this conversation about, 
well, is that really the kind of event that we want our brand tied to? Not to get into too much detail, but it was a good discussion because we said, well, is this about what we, and then, and then it kind of turned to, well, are we making decisions based on what we think is the right answer or what we would want to do? Or, you know, or are we really looking at this from the perspective of what that our prospects and right, our customers right. want, right? And it's all about having it's all about having the data, right? And so, for I'm I'm still I'm still building that data because a lot of the things we're doing here, because we've really only been at it a year, a lot of the things we are doing we're doing for the first time here. So I hopefully in about six more months when I have a little bit more data to to back up some of these things, like I'll even be in a better position. So part of it is just, you know, you have to, you have to do things and you have to experiment and some things will work and some things won't. But the key to your point is having the data on the back end to know whether it works or not, and then making a decision based on that. Fantastic. Um, The other thing I will say is, you know, the, it, it also, it also will, and and I don't want to say this and paint this in a negative way at all, but data diffuses, Data diffuses any potential conflict between the CMO and the CFO on budget, right? So right. this is like a very typical pattern that happens is, you know, the CFO will, you know, like, you know, start to tighten the screws a little bit and start looking at the budget and discretionary spend and where do they go? The first place they sure. go, the largest discretionary budgets in the entire company, if not the largest, right? And so... Um, you know, of course that's like a very natural, you, you see when it's coming, right? They start asking for data and then they start looking at things in a financial perspective, which we all know as marketers only tells half the story, right? Right, And I literally just had this conversation yesterday about tracking cost per lead. Like it's funny, Glenn, that you mentioned that it's, it's fool's gold because it is right. And, and I had to, I had to unwind the conversation because this is the wrong way to be making Marketing budget decisions is based on cost per lead. It's just not the way to do it. So just if you can if you have data, you stay one step ahead. And if you're educating and you are telling them what the right answer is based on the data, you avoid a whole lot of headache and conflict on the back end. And by the way, we're going to have to wrap up, but and you can now have a conversation with your CFO that actually talks about the financial implications of some of what you're doing, which is the language that person needs to hear. And so once again, you can work more closely with your peers. That's right. That's right. And so, I mean, I think this has been, this is obviously a, a very timely topic. I think, you know, every CMO is, is looking at it. And, and in some cases, as I said before, struggling with it, cause it's not easy. The other thing I would say is there's so much technology out there, marketing technology out there. And I think that, you know, one of the people I talked to yesterday said something that it all comes down to, you know, you have to still, you have to refresh yourself every three to four months, yes. go out and look at the landscape because it's changing so much. And there's new, new technology coming out all the time, but talk to your peers. I mean, it's all about talking to your peers because there's so much technology and a lot of it sounds the same. And how do you decipher, you know, what's real from what type and you know, what the, like the best tools are for where you're at in your journey. So it's all about, you know, stay, stay refreshed on what's going on. Talk to your peers in the industry. You know, that's, we're all here to help each other and no one has, no one has the perfect answers. So that's, that's what I'll leave you with. Glenn, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Oh yes. I was going to say, no one has perfect answers, but you have some pretty good ones, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> hey, thank you so much as well. Um, okay. I'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes and tell your friends about us. You can also go to our website, 
crimsonmarketing.com and sign up for our free monthly newsletter featuring the very best of our marketing insights, featured Moneyball for Marketing podcasts, and one of our favorite features called Bad Marketing. Or email me at info at crimsonmarketing.com. Thanks for listening to Moneyball for Marketing from Crimson Marketing. Have a great week and let us know if we can help you in any way.